You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? You're listening to What Were You Thinking? A show about exotic pets. I'm your host, Bob Tart author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Foul Weather, which you can read about on my website, bobtart.com. This week, we're welcoming Lisa Franklin to What Were You Thinking? Lisa Franklin is the secretary of the Rio Grande Turtle and Tortoise Club, which meets monthly in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and she also assists with the club's rescue and adoption program. Lisa's family has four ornate box turtles and two red-eared sliders, all rescues, and they are currently fostering nine other red-eared sliders and three box turtles. They also have, now get this, two dogs, a Kerry Blue Terrier and a Papillon that Lisa and her daughter train and show, two other Kerry Blue Terriers that she's fostering until they are healthy enough to place in adoptive homes, and it goes on and on, a bearded dragon, a Kenyan sandboa, and a small collection of carnivorous plants. In her spare time, Lisa works as a substitute teacher. And that brings me to my first question. What spare time, Lisa? Um, good question. Um, <laughs> don't always have it. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, could you tell me a little bit about the Rio Grande Turtle and Tortoise Club? The club is about 10 years old. It was founded by a, um, a woman uh, named Amy Luttrell here in Albuquerque. And um, we meet monthly. It's um, The group varies. We've got everything from, um, you know, just, casual turtle owners, people who have one or two turtles or people who are just interested in turtles and are thinking of adopting them as pets, um, all the way to um, what I'd call hardcore turtle addicts. Oh, dear. Yeah, people who are enslaved by turtles, I take it. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and your, your website is rgttc.org. That's correct. And we will post a link uh, on the PetLifeRadio.com website, too, so that uh, people can click on that and, and find out more. And I'm seeing the name uh, Chinolians on the website, and I, I take it that that's a, uh, sort of the uh, scientific name for turtles and tortoises. Is that right? Yeah. Am I pronouncing that right? I think so. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I would, I would like to know what makes a turtle a good pet, in your opinion. Um, they're hardy, they're long-lived, um, they have great personalities, and um, once you meet their basic needs, uh, they can be pretty easy to keep. They don't have to eat every day. Um, most of them only eat a few times a week, so if you want to go away for the weekend, you can do that and not have to worry about um, you know, somebody taking care of you them. Don't, you don't need a turtle sitter? Nope, not, not for short term. And um, you know, if you have a species like a box turtle that lives outside and hibernates, um, they're hibernating half the year. Oh, is that, is that right? Yeah, so you get kind of a little vacation from each other. Wow. Now, uh, how do you provide for their hibernation? Do they, do they need something? Do they need dirt to dig in or something like that? Um, yeah, they should, uh, they, they should have a suitable um, 
area of soft dirt or、uh, mulch or something similar to dig down into. So even if you are keeping them in a warm environment, it's still hardwired into them to hibernate. Yeah, and、um, in the cases where、um, I've had to keep box turtles in for the winter, sometimes it can be a bear to keep them, you know, up and active. Oh, okay, okay, but but sometimes you need to do that. You need to keep yeah, them active. Yeah, if they're sick or injured. Oh, I got you. They they need to stay in. Some people keep hatchlings in too. Mm-hmm.、Um, you know, just to make them grow a little faster. Right, right, and so you and and or the club take in sick and injured turtles. Yeah,、um, sick, injured, unwanted. Okay, I I was just at a、uh, local rehabber's house. I, I'm in uh, Michigan, uh-huh. and uh, I was at Wildlife Rehab Center a couple days ago, and、uh, they had a small turtle. It was a slider, and it was hit by a car. But luckily, there wasn't too much damage. There was just a little crack on the bottom shell. I don't know what the technical name for the bottom shell was, but.、Uh, I'm sorry. What was it? Plastron. Okay, but Peg thought that it would heal just fine. She said sometimes they actually use fiberglass.、Uh, yeah, we we actually have a、um, a box turtle that's been with one of our club members for about four years now. His name is Patch, appropriately enough. Oh my! Literally taped back together with fiberglass tape. And how is Patch doing? Um, fine. He's been、um, he's been out. In the yard for a couple years, he's been hibernating. He's been courting the ladies, fighting with the other males. <laughs> That's very good. You mentioned that they have great personalities. So, could you, you know, tell me a little bit about that?、Um, yeah, the box turtles and the sliders, which are the two species I'm, of course, familiar with,、um, can be very outgoing.、Um, they learn very quickly to look to you for food. And、um, I know my my box turtles will literally come up on the patio when my husband and I are out there. Begging for food, so they recognize you. Yeah, and they will come running. Oh, that's very nice. Looking for handouts. You know, when I see the head of a turtle, it sort of reminds me of a parrot head, especially a, a larger turtle. And、um, they just look kind of intelligent to me. They they have a really smart look to them. H- have you found that to be true? Um, I don't know. I really don't know how you gauge intelligence on you know one of these guys. Um. You know they can't they can't learn tricks like a dog.、Mm-hmm. They can come when called.、Mm-hmm. So、um, I don't think they're stupid. Yeah.、Um, but you know it depends on what you consider intelligent. Yeah, I guess I just think of it as、uh, sort of that you can interact with them、uh, on some level.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, they、um, a lot of them do seem to enjoy you know human company.、Um, they do do not like being picked up and handled though. Okay. Now if you had. Two turtles of the same species,、uh, like two red-eared sliders, would they have different personalities from one another? Is, is that a possibility? I've noticed it more with the box turtles.、Um, the males seem to be a lot more outgoing. Oh, they do. Yeah, I don't really have enough experience with the red-eared sliders to, you know, to have noticed one way or the other. You know, the males are more outgoing than the females, or vice versa. What size is a red-eared slider versus a, a box turtle? Are, are these both small turtles, or are they a little bit larger? Or you know, what, no, the red-eared sliders can get pretty big,、um, eight to ten inches.、Mm-hmm. The females are the bigger ones. So those those cute little quarter-sized hatchlings, you know, that we used to see when we were kids. Yeah. Um, can easily grow to about the size of a dinner plate. Oh, okay. And what about the box turtles? They're they're smaller. The ornate box turtles, which is you know what we commonly see in the pet trade, yeah, probably get around six inches long tops.、Mm-hmm. Occasionally a little bigger, but I'd say six inches is average. Now, are are some of these turtles native? Native to the United States, yes. Okay, 
All right. Uh, the ornate box turtles are um, the main subspecies of western box turtle, and they range all the way from Wisconsin um, down through the plains and into Texas and um, southeastern New Mexico. Now, what is the legality of keeping native turtles? It varies from state to state. Um, here it is legal if you have 10 or fewer. Is that depending on the species? That's for box turtles. Some turtles have no limits. Mm -hmm. um, Red-eared sliders are one of those, and that's just for New Mexico. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. Other states vary. For example, um, Florida just banned red-eared sliders. Okay, because they're afraid of them being set free and becoming some kind of a nuisance animal? Yeah, an invasive species, just yes. like the Burmese python in the Everglades. They are, again, you know, hardy, adaptable. They can crowd out native species. They can interbreed with closely related species, such as, I believe, it's the yellow-bellied slider in Florida. Mm -hmm. and there's probably some endangered turtles you can't keep, too, I would imagine. Because in Michigan, there's a turtle called a Blanding's turtle, which you've probably heard of. And um, I, I guess that's, that's pretty rare. Yeah, there's, um, I know in New Mexico, um, actually, there's no state law specifically addressing that species here because they're not supposed to be native to New Mexico. But... Um, desert tortoises are federally protected. I just saw one of those yesterday. Those are really intriguing-looking animals. Yeah, they're just neat, neat animals. Yeah, and those get really large. I, I think uh, that was, again, at Wildlife Rehab Center, and Peg told me that they can weigh up to about 300 pounds. Does that sound right? Um, no. Um, I'd say about 25 pounds is the upper limit. Okay, maybe she had a different kind of turtle then and wasn't yeah, sure about the name. Yeah, might have been. Well, that's big even for a sulcata. Uh, an African spur-side tortoise. Yeah, I just was looking at that on uh, on the website. So it maybe she didn't have all the facts about it, but it was a beautiful-looking turtle yeah, or tortoise. Yeah, an Aldebaran tortoise. Oh, okay. All They're right. the second largest uh, tortoise species in the world behind the Galapagos. Yeah, I remember seeing those at the local zoo here, and, and especially when I was a kid, they, they just looked absolutely huge. What kind of housing do your turtles need? The, uh, the box turtles here um, that I have live primarily outside except if they're, you know, sick or injured. Mm -hmm. You know, then I keep them inside while they're recovering. But um, the ornate box turtles really do not do well in captivity. Um, we will only adopt to outside homes. Oh, okay. So they need to live outside is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So if you're making uh, quarters for a turtle outside, uh, it probably has to be predator-proof. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's definitely protected from dogs. Okay. Uh, you know, even though I have dogs here, they are never left alone together. Yeah. And other people have separate areas for turtles and dogs. Some of the most badly injured turtles we see are what we call dog chews. Oh, no kidding. See, I, I figured if a turtle retreated into its shell that it was pretty safe, but I guess that's not the case. Well, they, the limbs are, but not the shell. Oh, yeah. If you've got a good-sized um, good dog, um, they can really gnaw up these guys. Um, they'll peel the outer covering off the shell called the scoots. Mm -hmm. That's the colored part. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll gnaw the edges of the shell. They can even break the shell with their jaws. Oh, that's very nasty. Yeah. Now, what do the turtles eat? Um, box turtles, pretty much anything. They are definitely omnivorous. Okay. Uh, bugs, vegetables, fruit, handouts from, you know, from the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? I love chicken. <laughs> okay. So table scraps are okay for them. A small amount of table scraps. Okay. My guys get primarily, um, you know, chopped up fruits and vegetables, 
with a little bit of soaked dog kibble mixed in. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds very healthy. Yeah, and then they subsist on what they find in the yard. Like, you know, this time of year I've got ripe grapes outside and they feast on those. They go after snails. They go after earthworms. They love cockroaches. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's good. That's good. We've got some big ones here. Do you really? Yeah, you could practically throw a saddle on some of these. <laughs> well, how, how did you get interested in turtles? Um, I always loved them. I was I grew up in New Jersey, and we had the eastern box turtles there, and you know encountered them quite a bit when I was growing up. You don't see them nearly as much now. And um, like I said, it was just always fascinating. Yeah, yeah. What what surprised you the most about turtles once you started keeping them? Just that they do have such different personalities. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very shy. Um, you know, others, you know, they'll come running when they see you. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Do, do they seem to make eye contact with you? Um, some of them, especially the males. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got one boy here named Spike. Um, he's actually the subject of a monthly column in our club newsletter. Oh, when is that going to be out? Is that out right now? Um, yeah, that comes out. Um, it, it comes out at the beginning of every month. And is it online? I think there may be some back issues. Okay. So we might be reading about Spike online. Yeah. He handles the monthly uh, question and answer column called Ask Spike. Oh, okay. All right. And I get to ghostwrite for him. <laughs> well, that's nice of you. He probably has a little bit of trouble hitting the right keys on the uh, word. Yeah. You know, it's, they don't really have thumbs. No, it's no. Hard. No. We'll be back in just a minute with more from Lisa Franklin. She's a secretary of the Rio Grande Turtle and Tortoise Club. And I'm here with my wife, Linda, right now. Hi, Linda. Hello. Um, I wanted to let people know that next week uh, is a special show that uh, I am visiting Peg Markle, who is the, oh dear, I can't remember her title, uh, something like the Executive Director of the Wildlife Rehab Center in Grand Rapids. Does that sound something right, Something like that. Yep, that sounds about like it. And uh, do you want to say a little something about Peg? Oh, we love Peg. She's just the best. We, we just are crazy about her, and you should see all the wonderful animals she's got over there. Peg will be showing me some of the animals that she's rehabbing right now, and uh, among them uh, is a slider, like the one that I'm uh, talking about with Lisa, and there's also a great blue heron, and um, I forget what else she has there. You never know what you're going to see in Peg's barn. Nope. All kinds of interesting things. And uh, Peg has given us some really interesting birds to rehab over the years, hasn't she? Oh, yeah. What have been, uh, we're, we'll talk about the woodpeckers on another show, but other than the woodpeckers we've done this summer, uh, what have been some of the memorable birds that you remember? Oh, cedar waxwings, robins. And how about those nighthawks? Baltimore Orioles, those nighthawks were just beautiful. Yeah, we had a pair of common nighthawks, and they were really just wonderful oh, birds. Beautiful, unusual looking. Yeah, they would. The babies would just sit. We call them babies, but they were they were pretty big at that point. But they would just sit and not do much until you showed them food. And they had this mouth that looked like it was t the beak looked tiny, but when they opened their mouth up, it was just huge. It was like a frog's mouth. It's just crazy. You just wouldn't expect a thing like that. So anyway, I'm going to visit Peg next week, and uh, right now we're going to take a break, and that's for the benefit of whatever sponsors that our show has managed to attract. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away.
There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatelic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, I'm Bob Tart, and welcome back to What Were You Thinking?, Right now, we're talking to Lisa Franklin. Lisa's the secretary of the Rio Grande Turtle and Tortoise Club, and she's about to tell me about her bearded dragon. Okay, it's a, uh, it's a female. She's about four years old now, um, captive bred, as they all are. They're native to Australia, and I don't know if you're familiar with the wildlife laws in Australia. No, I don't know about that. Uh, you cannot legally export any wild animal from Australia. So every bearded dragon you see in captivity is the descendant of a few that were smuggled out probably in the 80s. And um, those are pretty attractive lizards, as I recall. I, I've seen a couple of them. What, what's the life expectancy of a bearded dragon? Most recent information I've read is 10 to 15 years. Okay. All right. And so they've got a nice lifespan. They get to a pretty good size, um, 18 to 24 inches top. And, um, you know, they're omnivores again. Um, they like to eat salad and insects and an occasional, like, pinky mouse or something. Right. And they don't eat real often, do they? A few times a week once they're mature. Okay. And does your bearded dragon live outdoors or inside? No, she's, she's inside. We've got a 40-gallon um, setup for her with a light and, you know, a basking spot and a hiding place and a water dish. And you have a... So she takes a bath about once a week. Oh, I'd like to see that. That sounds pretty interesting. It's not too exciting. It basically goes in a plastic shoebox and soaks and drinks and oh. does her business. Now, do you put her in that, or she doesn't crawl into it, does she? Um, we, t- we take her out and put her in it just to make sure she doesn't get dehydrated. Okay. And how large is your Kenyan sand boa? Um, she's pretty small, maybe about 18 inches. Okay. And will she get larger? No, that's as big as they get. Oh, all right. I've, I've never seen one of them. Um, are they pretty good pets? Um, it depends. They're very colorful but they can be a little bit nippy, and being a burrowing snake, they hide. Okay, so you wouldn't handle her a lot? No, not a whole lot. 
And how about the bearded dragon? Um, we handle her a lot. She seems to enjoy that. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's really nice. They're, uh, the, the beardies are great beginner's pets. Yeah, and they're pretty easy? Uh-huh. Once you have their basic needs set up, um, you know, like any diurnal lizard or turtle that you keep inside, you need to have special UV lighting. Yeah. And, um, you know, all reptiles need a temperature gradient because they're cold-blooded. So they need to be able to move around. Yeah, and you need to have a warm side of the cage mm-hmm. and a cold side, cooler mm-hmm. side of the cage. Yeah. So um, she's got, a, in addition to her heat lamp, which also puts out UV, she has a heating pad. She's a very spoiled lizard. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. She probably deserves it. Yeah. And you have some carnivorous plants, too. I'll just ask you about those, too. You've got, um, do you have, like, Venus flytraps and sundews and pitcher plants? Those, those. Yeah, pretty much all of those and uh, Asian pitchers, too. Which, oh, um, I don't know if you um, you ever saw Minority Report. It's a fun movie if you like Tom Cruise and you like action. But uh, there's this one scene where he goes into a greenhouse, and there's a number of very, very exotic plants around, um, some of which are real and some of which they made for the film. And um, the majority of the hanging plants were actually Asian pitcher plants. Oh, no kidding. Because they're very exotic looking. Oh, they must be, yeah. And some of them put out huge pitchers um, at the ends of their leaves. They look like drinking glasses. Now, where do you keep them? Hanging. <laughs> yeah, you don't need, uh, do you have to keep them in a really humid environment? Yeah, they like humidity. Um, and you don't have a lot of humidity in Albuquerque. No, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, we have too much here. I think I'll trade you. Yeah, I, I kind of miss that. Oh. But yeah. sometimes it's nice. We don't have to worry about mildew in the bathroom. <laughs> No, you don't. I don't think so. Well, listen, thanks so much. I really appreciate your talking to me. Uh, I've been talking to Lisa Franklin. She's the secretary of the Rio Grande Turtle and Tortoise Club. And thanks for being our guest. Well, thank you. Okay, now that seems like the end of my interview with Lisa, but there actually is a little bit more. But I'm interrupting it just to make a little point, and that is listening to the show, I have to admit we don't have really great production values, do we, Linda? Well. Well, I mean, it's not like we have a room full of equipment. I have a little recorder that's about the size of a pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So you might think listening to how we normally do the show Could it get any worse in terms of how Bob puts the show together? Well, it could, and I'll show you right now. See, what happened was, after I signed off talking to Lisa, Lisa had one more thing she wanted to mention, and I said, no problem, just tell me what you want to say, and I will cleverly insert it right into the recording, and no one will even ever know that I'm editing it. Mm -hmm. But what happened was, I did such a terrible job Uh, I I had an allergy at the time. I I have allergies, but I was suffering a little more than usual from the uh, fall here in Michigan. A little drowsy lapse there. Yeah, I'll I'll say. And so I wanted to let you know just how much worse this show could sound than it usually does. And there's a special surprise guest appearance by Linda, isn't there? I even helped goof things up a little bit. What happened was I was working in the kitchen, and I forgot he was doing this uh, show upstairs, and I had somebody I had to call forgetting he was on doing his show. And I quickly picked up the phone and went, Oop! I, didn't, I don't think I even said much, but I hung it back up. So anyway, uh, back to 
the segment with Lisa that was supposed to be just cleverly edited into what you just heard, but I decided has a little more entertainment value uh, if you hear it the way it is right now. So it's the Pet Show bloopers. Okay, you've you've talked a lot about the benefits of having turtles as pets, and I'm just wondering, are there any drawbacks? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, these are very, very long-lived and I'm sorry, now, now my caller ID is beeping. I have no idea how to turn the darn thing oh, off. Rat. I didn't even know we had it, so <laughs> I think it'll probably beep once more, so if you don't mind waiting a second. Okay, why don't you... Why don't you <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. Why don't you... No, it's okay. I'm glad I'm the only one that... You know, I'm not the only one that has these problems. Oh dear, with yeah. Technology. Okay, so if you don't mind starting your answer again. Okay. Um, drawbacks of turtles: they can be very long-lived, which you know can be a plus. On the other hand, you have to be prepared to take care of these animals for life. They're not an animal that, if you get tired of it, you can you know take it and turn it loose, because most of them can, will not do well. Um, in the wild once they've been in captivity, mm-hmm. especially species like red-eared sliders. Um, you know, the pet stores don't want them. Wildlife rescues can't take them. So, um, you know, really think before you get that cute. Well, this is nice. Linda, <laughs> I don't think that spoiled anything. Is that that's... your wife? Yes, yes, I don't think that spoiled anything. Um, That's a really good point you make, and I'm glad you made that point, because um, we talk about that quite a bit with uh, ducks and geese, because um, some ducks can live up to 30 years, and uh, we find people taking home, you know, cute little ducklings for their kids, especially around Easter, and then what happens is um, people find out how difficult they are to keep, and also, you know, they're pretty long-lived. I think 30 years is, is pretty long for, you know, considering a duck. And um, the same with parrots. You know, parrots can live 50 years or so. Oh, so. yeah, and then you're talking about an animal that has the intelligence of a young child. Yeah, yeah, we've got... They t- get horribly bored. Oh, I know. We've got two. We've got two African greys, and uh, they keep us jumping. I'll yeah, they're, they're awesome. Yeah, they are. They are. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. And uh, sorry for the uh, little <laughs> okay. little mess-ups. Okay, I, I'll email you and uh, let you know when the show comes on. Okay, great. All right. Take care, Lisa. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, Bob and Linda here. And... Uh, I made, uh, as you probably could hear there, um, I made the mistake of calling that beeping that was on in the background. I said, oh, that's the caller ID. And of course, caller ID doesn't make any sound. That was was call waiting. So this is a blooper-filled show. And before that, I said something even worse when uh, Linda and I were talking. And that was, I told everyone to listen next week. That's next week to our show with Peg Markle of the Wildlife Rehab Center, but that was last week's show. Kind of going to be impossible to do that. Well, actually, yeah, uh, you might think we're in a time warp, but uh, what it is is that we do a lot of shows ahead of time. In fact, uh, we're at one point we were four or five shows ahead of what was posted on Pet Life Radio, and uh, so because of that, I sometimes. Um, forget what's scheduled for next week, what's run the week before, or, uh, I don't know, what's uh, running in some weird parallel universe. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. So, so anyway, I, I got that out of the way. And uh, since we have a couple minutes, of course, I can't let any opportunity go by 
and not promote my books, Enslaved by Ducks, and I'm proud to say that thanks in part and maybe completely to the folks who've been listening to our show, Enslaved by Ducks is now the number one, that's number one selling book about pet birds on Amazon.com. That is so great. Yeah, so thank you to all you folks who've been listening to the show and buying it. Thank you. Yep, and uh, my second book, Foul Weather, which is only out in hardcover right now, the numbers uh, have gone way up on that too, and that's also thanks to people who have been listening to the show. And um, they're both books about pet birds, about ducks, geese, hens, turkeys, and of course our indoor parrots. So uh, All our pets. Yeah, I think people would like that. Now, Linda, what do we want to say about hearing from our listeners? We would love to hear the stories about their pets. That's right, because I can't say it enough times, buy my books, but that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say was, I can't say it enough times, we want you to be a guest on our show if you have a pet that you want to talk about. And our email address is it's very easy. It's just bob at petliferadio.com. So what kind of animals do we want to hear about, Linda? Uh, whatever kind of pets they've got, besides uh, cats and dogs, just whatever different sort of pets they have other than cats and dogs. Now, on shows that... Um, now I'm confused. I know that on a, a forthcoming show, we have uh, Helen Tucker. Helen uh, was talking about a couple pet pigs. Yep. And Linda just did a real nice interview with Helen. That was really fun. You're going to like that. Yeah. You know, we want to hear about your pigs. And we've had, uh, we had Wade Harrell on talking about tarantulas and arthropods. And, of course, uh, Lisa Franklin was on this show talking about turtles and tortoises. And anything that you would like, is the funny things that your pet has done... Anything that you would like to talk about in regards to your pet, we know that your pet has done fun things and things that are memorable. We would love to hear about them. That's right. And um, we're looking for people who have, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe uh, pet skunks. That I would love. Yep. Um, I would love to interview you if you have a pet skunk. Yep. Uh, maybe a chinchilla. Maybe now it says at the beginning of the show you might have a pet monkey, and I'm not in favor of monkeys as pets because um, I've heard before that um, people only keep young monkeys as pets and they get hard to handle when they're older but maybe if you're someone who has done rescues and that you are taking in monkeys that other people would otherwise put in the animal shelter you know we'd like to hear about that too. I bet you have some wonderful stories we would love to hear them. Yeah we absolutely would. That uh, pretty much brings us to the end of the show and uh, we'd like to thank everybody and Remind you again, our email address is bob at petliferadio.com. Please, please email us and tell us you want to be a guest on our show and talk about your parrot, your rabbit, any, any animal you have. If you're a person who has interesting stories about your animals, we want to hear from we you. We do. I can't wait to talk to you and, and Bob too. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank to, you. To PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks and, for listening to our show. And to our mysterious producers in a cave in Tibet. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from Pet Life Radio.
www.thepodcastnetwork.com.